0: This is the podcast of Christian Life Center and Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. I look forward to the day when I see Jesus. From when I dedicated my life to follow him I have learned more and more about him. Not only the things that I have to look forward to in heaven, which are pretty amazing when you read through the book of Revelation, and you see the things that God is setting aside and preparing and all the beauty. But more than that, I am so grateful to know that a God who loves me so much that he would initiate a relationship with me would want to spend eternity with me, it blows me away every time I think about it. Sometimes the most difficult times in my life have been the times when I have felt lonely, when I have felt down, and when I have felt like there has been no one there to be able to help me. And yet my God has promised me that he will never leave me and he will never forsake me. And what an awesome friend to have someone that sticks closer than a brother. Someone who is with me not only in church on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night as we study together or on a Sunday night as we gather to pray. But rather than in the moments when I feel alone, he has promised that he is with me. And I'm so grateful for that. I think one of the things that is so difficult to overcome is learning to live our lives not based on how we feel. Because our emotions so often will push us in a certain direction. You can wake up on a beautiful day with the sun shining and there can be things that affect your life that can make you feel as if the clouds are looming over you. You can feel sometimes Oppressed, depressed. And in the middle of that, God's word remains steadfast and true. And yet, if we are not aware of it, we can live by our emotions and we can simply make decisions based on how we're feeling that day. I'm so grateful that our God is not like that. That he is a God who is steady and constant. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character thousands of years ago is the same character that our God has today. The fact that we have an old covenant and a new covenant was not something that God came up with a new idea. The new covenant was in God's mind all along. God always wanted to have direct contact with us. He always wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted to have that open door with us. And all through the Old Testament, you see it pointing to what God's plan was in the New. All through the Old Testament, you see God desiring to have this intimate relationship with his people. It's important that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, not only get our heart, our head, but our heart around that reality so that we don't live our lives based upon the mood of the moment. That you wake up, you're feeling good, having a great day. Praise God. God is good today. And then we wake up another day and oh boy, it doesn't seem like such a good day. Things are falling apart. This thing doesn't come together. I don't have enough for this. And sometimes that excitement of when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and believe him for that moment. If we have not learned to overcome the challenge of our emotions directing our lives. Then when we don't feel like it all of a sudden we will forget that God is with us. We will forget that God indeed is good and he wants the best for us. And we will forget ...that he is present even in the midst of the pain, the sorrow, the sadness, the struggle. He said in his word that his rod and his staff will comfort us in the valley of the shadow of death. He has never promised any of us in this room that we would not go through troubles... I am not here to share with you today that as you follow Jesus, that life is automatically going to be easy. But what I will tell you from the word of God is this. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But then he said, be of good cheer. Well, why would you be of good cheer? Because Jesus has overcome the world. Yes, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have times when it seems in your spirit like you're overwhelmed. But it's during those moments that you need to learn to fight harder in the spiritual realm. It's those moments when you need to call out to the Lord. God, give me a fresh revelation of your character. Because as I get to know who you are, then all of the circumstances that cause me to be overwhelmed by my emotions today do not have to lead the way. In my Bible college class, I loved the way that one of my professors um, delineated uh, this uh, idea of not being led by our emotions. And that there is a little train and the engine and the caboose and then there's a little car in between. And on one end of the train would be faith. And that is whether you feel like it or not, you stand upon the promises of God. Uh, In the middle are the facts, and those facts are the things that you look at that are undeniable. That's just the way that things are. And then on the other end of the train is feelings. And basically those facts oftentimes affect our feelings. So you're told some bad news about your body, just been diagnosed with cancer. That becomes a fact and it's something the doctor says. And then all of a sudden, you may have not even known you had cancer. But all of a sudden, once you realize that fact, all of a sudden your emotions now are like, oh, no. And what we have to do as believers is make sure that the feelings remain in the caboose. And that our faith remains in the engine and the facts still stay in the middle. But when we walk by faith and not by sight, and when we trust God, God can turn things around. He can change the facts. But if we allow our emotions to guide us, then we will be constantly making decisions based on the mood of the moment when we wake up that day. If we are going to be mature Christians here at Christian Life Center, we need to put our emotions in their place. God made us to have emotions. Emotions are from God. But they are made by God and given to us to be in their place. And we need to make sure that we are not dealing with our own lives based on how we feel. Now once we get that under control, then God opens a great door of opportunity for us, for those around us. Because once we make decisions now based upon what God wants us to do and what he wants us to say and how he wants us to live, all of a sudden now we can have the opportunity to go beyond ourselves and to see beyond our own little world. Oftentimes when we become overwhelmed by circumstances of life, the first thing that we want to do is kind of curl up in a ball and go in our shell like a turtle. And we feel like that will somehow protect us. But the truth is, is that the best antidote to us living an oppressed life is to reach out beyond ourselves. In Proverbs 11.25, it says, He who waters others will himself be Refreshed. When you're going through a downtime and you're overwhelmed by whatever circumstances you're dealing with, it is very important for you to begin to pray, to think, and to bless somebody else. Pray for them. Bless them and encourage them. As you do that, God has set this principle in place. That when we bless others, God blesses us. And the blessings he gives us are more than what we gave out. The scripture also says that he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord and God will repay him. Think about that. God takes it personal when you go out and you buy undies for a homeless person, He does. Did you know that when you take those sets of ten that you are going to buy and give, and we're going to bless these people, that it's like you lending to the Lord. And when you lend to the Lord, God will bless you back. It may be with undies, but it may be with something else that you need at the moment. The scripture says, as you sow you will reap. Sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you will reap generously. That's why I'm so glad that we as a church body are willing to rally behind and to give a thousand pairs. We need to stretch ourselves. We need to go beyond what we are comfortable with so that we can see the blessings of the Lord upon us to be able to continue to bless those around us. In Luke chapter 14, in verse 15, there was a man who was sitting at the table with Jesus. And he said, what a blessing it'll be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. I I would also echo those words. I would look forward to the wedding supper of the Lamb, to attending a banquet in heaven in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I've got to inspect it. Oh, please excuse me. And another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said, and his master was furious. Now Jesus is telling this parable in connection with this statement that this man said, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus is addressing the issue of who will be in attendance at the kingdom of God. Banquet. When we see people, we see the outside. But God sees the inside. The servant was sent out to invite people to come told the guests, the banquet's ready. But all of a sudden they began making excuses. Look at the first excuse, for example. It says, I've just bought a field and I have to inspect it. How curious. Don't you think it'd be better to inspect the field before you buy it? This was an excuse. He'd already made the decision. The next excuse was, uh, please excuse me, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Once again, if you're going to invest in five pairs of oxen, uh, wouldn't you want to give them a test drive before you pay for them? But not this guy. Apparently... He was making the excuse that he had just gone and uh, bought these five pairs of oxen. And oh, by the way, probably should check out and see how these guys work. And the last excuse was, please excuse me, I now have a wife, so I can't come. Hmm, very interesting that uh, you can't bring your wife to the banquet. So the servant goes back and says, "You know, I, I invited all these guys, and basically they don't want to come. They've come up with reasons that aren't really good reasons at all. So, sir, these people that you've invited, they are not interested in coming to your banquet." So his master was furious and said, "Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town, invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And the servant did that. He went out into the unlikely places. These aren't your normal guests that you would go out and invite to this great feast. But the master said, go get them. And the servant said, sir, I did that and there's still room for more. He said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. He had already invited the blind, the lame, the poor, and there was still more room. The master said, now go out into the countryside, and he used the word, urge them to come so that the house will be full. You and I play an active role in the work that God has for Christian Life Center. I want to challenge every one of you in this room to do your best. To go beyond your little world. And to reach out to those around you. And a great way to do that is to invite someone to a meal. Where you live, you have neighbors. People that need to know that somebody loves them. We want to tell them God loves them, but we want to show them that God loves them too. So when you actively get involved in someone's life, you are God's hands and God's feet at work at that moment. We have to be careful that we do not divorce the message of the gospel from the messenger of the gospel. God wants us to take the gospel with shoes on to people who need to know the love of God. My prayer and my heart's desire is that on November 20th that this room will be filled to capacity... To the point that we may even have to say, sorry, seating is no longer available. That's not going to happen if we do not rally together to be able to invite those who are in need. Now, it's important that we don't just invite people that we feel comfortable with it's important that you step out of your comfort zone and go to a place that you would never feel comfortable going. No doubt this servant, when he was told by his master to go to find the blind, the poor, and the lame, that he had to go to a place that may not have been his regular stomping grounds. We live in the city of Springfield. Some of you may live out on the outskirts. But I want to encourage you to be led by the Holy Spirit. To find somewhere, some place that you don't normally go. Find people that need Jesus. And tell them that we have a meal prepared for them on Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving on November 20th. And invite them. I want to encourage every one of you to set a goal of at least inviting. Whether they come or not, that's up to them. But I'm going to ask you to set a goal to invite at least 10 people. At least 10 people to let them know they are welcome to come to not only receive a meal, but they're going to hear a message from the Lord that God loves them. This is an easier setting when you can invite someone to the church. But I want to tell you that God wants us even to go a step further. And this is kind of like a baby step. Because God wants us to be willing to break out of our own private bubble. So that we will reach out and care for other people. Even in our own homes. You know, the the scripture tells us that when we hold a feast. And I'm going to read to you now from Matthew chapter 22. I'm sorry, my fault, wrong, wrong portion. Let's go back to Luke 14. In, cha- in chapter 14, verse 12, these are Jesus' words. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite. Now, think about this for a moment. This is a list that Jesus is saying that for For particular occasions, you should overlook. Okay? Now pay attention closely to this list because sometimes we default to this and this only. But listen to what Jesus would say. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, don't invite your brothers, don't invite your relatives. And don't invite your rich neighbors. Okay, you got that? And then he says, why? Because they will invite you back for dinner. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous... God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. I think it would be a good idea to do what Jesus said. Don't you think? You know, there's some things Jesus said to do that are kind of easy. You know, and you get used to saying those and doing them, perhaps over and over. But there are some things Jesus said that are like, oh, oh really? Did you really mean that, God? Maybe there's some other interpretation of that. Maybe you didn't really mean that. Jesus says, well, that's exactly what I said. Don't focus on the people that you're used to. Focus on people that you normally would not come in contact with. Because God loves them too. He wants us to see people through his eyes. And see, in order to do that, you have to go beyond your emotion. Because your emotions are going to say to you, stay away from that area. Um, The kind of people that are over there don't really want to be around. Yet, who did Jesus hang out with? He hung out with people that the world had rejected. So much so that the religious leaders looked at Jesus... And they said, um, not good. Not good. They were upset with Jesus because he was hanging out with people who needed help. And Jesus responded, he said, I did not come to help those who think they need no help. I came to help those who know that they need help. And when you find a person who is in need... Oftentimes, you'll find an open heart. And I don't say this completely across the board because God can work in any situation. But oftentimes, people who have plenty have very little room for God. And they could care less if you invite them to a Thanksgiving meal because they can do a fine meal of their own. But when you offer it to someone who is in need, Not only will that person bless you for your kindness, but God will bless you. So, if we are going to be a church that is going to receive reward from the Lord, and when he looks down upon us that he would smile on Christian Life Center to say, Hey, that church is doing exactly what I want done. Then we've got to do exactly what he wants done. And that's simply the bottom line. So I want to just ask you as a church body to get involved in service for the kingdom of God. I'm glad you're sitting here this morning. But my prayer as your pastor is that you won't stay sitting in your seat all the time. But that you'll get busy for the Lord. Come on Thursday at 5 o'clock and invite people. Not only to give underwear for people who are homeless. But invite people to come to the Thanksgiving meal. Do whatever you can for the glory of God. And here's another request I have for you. We have a church van that God's given us. It's sitting right out there with our name on it. I want to use that van for the glory of God. To pick up people, young or old, men, women, poor, lame, blind. It doesn't matter. We've got to get people to the house of the Lord. And I'm going to ask, if you are available, we're going to start with the Sunday morning of the Thanksgiving meal. If you are willing to help me out, I need at least two people for that morning to be able to go and to fill up that van. We'll work out the details. And to bring them back here. And then after the meal, to take them back to where they need to go. If you are willing to help with that, would you please speak with me Because I want to get you involved and I want to get this scheduled so that we can plan and prepare and let people know if they don't have a ride, they can get here. In addition, beyond that, I believe that we should have that van running every single Sunday morning to bring people who need to hear the gospel to this church. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, I could do that. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to give up an hour or so of my time on a Sunday morning before church. Would you also speak with me? Because I want to set up a rotating basis that there would be uh, once a month that you would be able to drive. Once a month so that you won't carry all the burden. But that we'll have a driver and an assistant. And we'll be able to go out and fill that van up and bring it back for the glory of God. We've got to use what God's given us. If we don't use what God's given us, God's not going to give us any more. Jesus said, He who is faithful with the little things will be faithful with much. If we want to see ourselves grow for the glory of God in maturity and in number, we've got to be faithful with what we've been given. And when we are, then God will be the one who provides the increase. We have to be faithful and diligent. So I want to challenge you as your pastor. Let's get on board with God's agenda. And when we do... That's when the blessings of the Lord come. I've been praying, God, give me clarity of understanding so that I will guide this church the way that you want me to. This isn't my church. This is his church. I'm just an under-shepherd. And whatever he says, I want to do it. And this is what he said. So I want to do it. It's as simple as that. Let's not just be religious people. Who come to church and do a ritual, sit through a service, sing some songs and go home and do our own thing? What is God speaking to your heart? So that you can be an active participant in the kingdom of God coming and his will being done on this earth. In order for you to be a part of that, you've got to know the will of God. When you know the will of God, then you partner with him and God will give you the anointing. And his signs will follow those that believe. And then you're going to be seeing healed, uh, people getting healed. You're going to be seeing people who are oppressed and possessed and depressed by the enemy. They're going to be set free for the glory of God. Because that's what God's in the business of doing. God did not come down to this earth in the form of Jesus to establish a religion. He came to initiate a relationship with every human being on this planet. Because God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That includes you sitting in these seats. But it also includes the many hundreds and thousands of people in the city of Springfield. And the surrounding community that today are lost without Jesus. But they, know that, but they need to know the message of the good news. And they can hear it through you. They can hear it through you. And as you say, God, prepare me. You come on out tonight at 6 o'clock and you say, God, prepare me. God, grow me to be the man, the woman, the boy, the girl that you want me to be. You watch what he's going to do. He's going to do exactly that. The disciples gathered together in the upper room and they prayed. They gathered together after they were uh, receiving all kinds of problems from the leadership in the area. They said, Lord, you hear their threats. You understand what's going on. Would you give us boldness to be able to speak even though they say those things? God, give us wisdom. And when we pray like that, God's going to give it to us. He's going to give us opportunities to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the surrounding area. And whenever the message of the truth shows up, transformation happens. Not because of how smart we are. Not because of how good looking you are. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit. It transforms lives. It did it back then. And it's still doing it today. The question is, are we going to be on board with what God is doing in the world today? Because I believe God wants to pour out a mighty move of his spirit. And it's only going to happen to the degree that we are hungry and thirsty for God. It's only going to be poured out to the degree that we prepare ourselves to be useful vessels. Say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to go invite people. I'm willing to love somebody enough to care about them and to minister to them. And when you go out of your comfort zone like that, God steps in and he helps you. So I want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord Enough to obey the Lord. Trust in Him to obey Him. And as you obey Him, that's when we receive the blessings for our obedience. The worship team could please come at this time. Brian, I'm going to ask if you could bring me all of those invitations that remain on the Welcome Center, please. I'd greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. When we do our part, God always does His. Maybe you're here today and maybe the Spirit of God has been speaking to your heart. When Jesus talked about the banquet, he wanted everyone to be present. You're certainly invited to come to the banquet on November 20th. I hope you'll be here. By the way, just as a side note, I do need you as a church family to also RSVP just because we need to know the number. So if you would be so kind to contact Judy in the office and just simply say, my family and I will be coming, note down the number of adults, number of children, that's all we need. Just so that we can know when we meet the max capacity. And we wanna be diligent with that. So I'd appreciate that if any of you um, would, would be so kind to do that. But I wanna tell you, if you're here this morning, you can come to the banquet here at the church and that'll, that'll be great, hopefully you enjoy the time and the meal but God God is calling you to be prepared for a banquet that will be held in heaven and those that are welcome at the banquet in heaven they need to be ready And the way to be ready is to have your name in the book of life Maybe you're here today and maybe you could say, you know, I'm a pretty good person. That's part of why I'm in church today. I want to I be a good person. I'm here to tell you as your friend and as your pastor, if being a good person could get you to heaven, consider the conversation that Jesus would have had with his father. Father, you want me to go down and die for people? But they could do it on their own. Oh, they can really, they can work it out. If they just become good enough, they can make it to heaven. God, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to die on that cross because they can handle it themselves. But that was not the conversation. Because, my friend, there was no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. You see, no matter how good we are, no matter how many underwear you buy for people... No matter, even if you go out and invite people, those things aren't going to get you to heaven. We do those things out of gratitude for what God has done for us. But if you're in this room today and you'd say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for heaven, but I want to be. The Holy Spirit, through the word of God, says to you, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us. Be ready to meet Jesus. When you confess your sins to God, he comes in and he washes you and he makes you brand new. He did that for me. If you want him to do that for you today, today can be the first day of a brand new life. Jesus called it being born again. Your spirit is reborn. If we could all just take a moment and close ourselves in with God... I want to ask a question to every man and woman, boy and girl in this room today. If you are not ready for heaven and you want to be, would you just simply raise your hand? I would like to pray for you. If you're in this room and you need to make a decision to ask Jesus to come into your heart to make you a new person, he's willing to do that. Scripture says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then we shall be saved. Is there anyone present here today and you'd say, Pastor, I need to make that decision? Would you just simply raise your hand? I'd be glad to pray with you. The Spirit of God will transform your life. Lord, I pray that you would touch every heart in this room. Holy Spirit, draw every one of us to Jesus. I ask one last time, is there anyone this morning the Spirit of the Lord wants you to be ready? God is patient, but his patience will not last forever. Be sure that you are ready. My heart's desire and my hope is that every person present in this room today is indeed ready to meet Jesus. Now, I want to ask every single one of us here today who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You have been called by God to a task. Some of you work in difficult situations, some of you live in difficult places. God has you there for a purpose, He has you there for a reason, and He has you there for a season. This morning as we are launched out into the world to do what God has called us to do, we need the power of the Spirit of God to accomplish the work that He's called us to. I'm going to just ask if the worship team could play the song that the Lord's laid on Diane's heart to play, and then I want to ask you just to let the Spirit of the Lord minister to your heart this morning. And I want you to speak to the Lord and and talk to him during this time as, as this song is played. Lord, give me clarity on what you're speaking to my heart. And show me what you want me to do so that I can be an effective minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let the Spirit of the Lord minister to your heart now as the worship team leads us in this song.